All right, it's five o'clock. Uh, so we'll go ahead and um, get going with the uh, Multimodal Transportation Commission meeting here for, for March 7th. Uh, my name is Dave Cronin, city engineer, and I'm here with uh, Christina Gherkin. Um, and we're gonna work alongside uh, Damon Bolteska tonight, the vice chair to facilitate uh, the meeting proceedings. I believe the chair, Nick Kuzmiak is unable uh, to attend. Uh, the meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. And during the meeting, when you're not participating, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you're muted, a, a red line will appear over the icon. Muting your microphone during the meeting will make it easier for everyone to hear. You'll just have to remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. Please remember to state your name and title for the benefit of those listening remotely. You can turn your video on and off by clicking on the video icon on the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on when you're participating in the meeting. When you're not participating, it is okay to turn your video off. Just remember to turn it back on when you are participating. If you're participating by phone, you can click star six to unmute your phone. For those using Zoom somewhere on your screen, you will see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Individuals uh, who registered in advance to provide public comments remotely will be called upon by name. When you are called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct them to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each member, each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. Uh, now I will turn over the meeting to the MMTC Vice Chair, Damon Baltuska. Uh, yeah, so what are we just getting started with uh, the study session? Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, we'll go ahead, uh, if it's okay with you, and do roll call first, and then we'll uh, oh. do the study session. So I'll have uh, Christina go through and do roll call, if that's okay. Yep. Damon Baltuska? Here. Aaron Caden? Pat Collette? Charlie Bryan, Gregory Critchlow, Nick Kuzmiak, Douglas Redding, Althea Schnackel. Schnacky here. Schnacky, I apologize. Okay, that is roll. Well, we, we, we're going to go ahead and do the study session tonight here. I, I would say that um, we don't have a quorum for the regular meeting. We'll uh, take attendance before the regular meeting. And if we don't have a quorum, not uh, proceed with the regular meeting. But we will um, go ahead and kind of start discussing the uh, study session item. Um, one of the things that we've talked about uh, talked about in the retreat uh, a little, and then we've talked with previous meetings is uh, around our uh, GIS map um, for that we have different transportation layers on. 
Um, so I will um, introduce you to Micah Siebold, who's our city's GIS coordinator, and um, he uh, can help kind of speak to the the uh, the GIS map that we have, and kind of if you're able remotely to also get 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 in there and open it up and um, try it out, uh, please do, and see if there's any questions for us. So. Micah, are you there? Can you, uh, yeah. do you want to yeah, share your screen or do you want me to pull it up? Oh yeah, I can share my screen. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me this evening and to discuss the uh, some of the GIS maps, the mapping products that we have um, made available uh, for this committee. And um, I think they're actually shared to the public as well. So if you, Go to your agenda item. Uh, I will start with the Multimodal Transportation Commission or Committee. Sorry, uh, I probably said it right the first time. GIS map. We'll we'll go ahead and go to that. Um, okay. So yeah, when you when you click on that, uh, you'll get you'll get this um, this map. Um, on the left side, we have listed uh, various layers, um, a lot of different layers here. I know it's a lot of data to go through. Um, and um, you'll have uh, the ability to turn thing, uh, turn some of these layers on. Uh, probably can't see it so well, but I just turned on the uh, Safe Routes to School. Uh, pending projects and um, that that makes these layers available in the modern off this way. Um, and this is under the content tab. Um, once you turn a layer on, you can switch over to the legend and um, see you know what you're looking at on the map. I think maybe a better example of that is, if I turn on the sidewalk projects here, uh, you'll see everything listed. Um, so, and of course, everything behaves that way. Uh, items that are above others will display above them. So, um, if you're if you see a pedestrian project is hiding behind this, uh, you can just turn off a layer above it. Or you can hover over the ellipses and move it um, up and down along here. And this map, you won't be able to save it after you make the changes, so you can't break anything. So, um, so that is just a little bit of basics there. Of course, scroll wheel will zoom you in and out, um, and plus minus here, basic stuff. You can click and hold and drag as well. Okay. And so um, a little bit about the layers that are in here. Um, we've got safe routes, we've got pedestrian projects, uh, we've got bike projects. These are in the policy that um, that we use to kind of score gap projects. 
um, they're listed in here. We've got and other bike, yes. Yeah, sorry, Mike. I was going to say the bike projects are all the identified routes in the primary and secondary uh, network network for the in the bike plan. Right. So there's other bike routes. There's other designated bike routes that may not show up on on that map, but those are the. Yep. There you go. So that's our. For those that aren't familiar, those, those, that's our priority network in blue and the secondary network in yellow. Right, so um, uh, I guess the, the other thing about this, uh, since we're talking about the bike projects, go ahead and go to the legend here. Um, like here's the Sixth Street shared use path that is in the CIP, I believe. Um, you can click on an, uh, a layer in here and kind of see what the information is. And here's the scoring for, for this particular project. And, um, and most of these layers are like that, where you're going to be able to uh, click on them and kind of see some more detailed information on it. Uh, and here's some counts that the MPO does. And you have some information on different year counts. Um, okay, are there any questions so far? I know I've kind of just jumped right into it without uh, making sure everyone's with me. This yeah, Micah, this is, oh, uh, go ahead, Charlie. Uh, Commissioner uh, Charlie Bryan, MMTC. I just was trying to use the stop signs, um, and it doesn't seem like it's help. It's uh, coming up. It's kind of grayed out on my side. Is that just mine, or is that happening for everyone? Yeah, Micah Siebel, GIS. Um, yeah, if it's grayed out, that means there is a um, what is it? A vis visibility range. So you have to zoom into the like this icon that's up here. You have to zoom in close enough to see it. The reason is there's lots of stop signs and it really clutters up the screen. So um, I'm going to go ahead and turn this on. And another little tip is if you hold shift, you can drag a box around an area. And then let go. That's still not close enough for the stop signs, I guess. Let's see here. Yeah, that one's really, this can be modified and that's something I can look into. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There also might be a source issue on this because we are changing some layers in here and that's one that slipped my notice. So I'll make sure to update that. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, we've got some other layers in here that um, I know we've had some work on recently, relatively recent, um, bike level of comfort, and this is stuff that, or this is a project that Jessica's been working on, her and her team. Um, obviously, 23rd Street's going to be least comfortable 
Um, and then we got a shared use path down here. So it's the whole spectrum. Yeah, zero is the most comfortable. So um, I think. Yeah, and there's just lots of data in here. And <laughs> uh, we can talk, so Mike, if you want a little bit about our demographic data we've included. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. So, some of the things you'll see at the bottom of the gra this graph, almost everything in these data sets are data sets from our adopted plans or data we're using to support the planning work that we're doing or decisions that we're bringing to you. And so at the very bottom of this list, you can see there's minority block groups, um, the community development um, block groups for low to moderate income neighborhoods. And those are two separate things. Those together make up the environmental justice layer. So if you're starting to turn stuff on and off, that's a federally required demographic data set that we sometimes look at. So those are those two added together, but they're all in here separately as well. Um, and then additionally, we've put in here the Transportation Disadvantaged Population Index for the City of Lawrence. And so we've taken a variety of demographic data, uh, including low to moderate income households, minorities, households with individuals with a mobility disability, people who have less than a high school education, single parent households, households without vehicles and youth, and have created an indices that has scored each block group and added those score together. So the, the red color um, is the more intense location where we would perceive the highest density of populations with transportation disadvantages. Um, so that may mean access to a vehicle, access to multiple vehicles um, in terms of um, that scoring. Um, we have worked with MMTC um, when we were working with the MSO um, to develop the methodology for selecting sidewalk improvement program districts to use this layer as a waiting to wait the decision um, to start to address um, where we might perceive that there could be the greatest advantage to people if like sidewalk repair occurred or sidewalk gap infill happened. And so that's one of the pre previous things we've had conversation with MMTC about um, is in regard to using the scoring in a future conversation. So I think you'll hear that this is data set you should get comfortable with. It may change with the new census uh, data when we get it, but the new um, American Community Survey data, but we would anticipate that um, this data set of looking at transportation disadvantaged populations will probably be a, an approach um, to help address some of the equity conversations that have that have been had. So um, all this data is available for, for you to look at, to turn stuff on and off. If you get into a certain project area, that may be helpful. Um, if you want to understand what's happening in an area, it might be interesting to think about transit stops in relation to ship um, to transportation disadvantaged populations. And you can do all of that in this data set. Um, you can look at routes for service. You can look at stops thinking about that. Um, you could add now on uh, sidewalk projects. So when we talk about projects that impact, if you want to go to the pedestrian projects one and leave leave bus stops on, Micah, but add pedestrian projects, you can start to see how this tells the story about, you can see how very easily now um, some of those sidewalk projects are going to very greatly support 
transit access, um, maybe in a neighborhood. And so you can start to see the level of importance um, that some of those projects are going to have in areas. And this is kind of all in here for you to understand, to dig into and look at. These are the high, the high scale data sets that we're using as we're doing system planning. So um, as you, the for example, uh, the pedestrian, the Lawrence pedestrian plan is currently out for public comment. And one of the things in that plan, we've evaluated every one of these block groups for transportation disadvantage, um, along with existing sidewalk network uh, and missing sidewalk network and looked and made recommendations about um, priorities and um, gap infill related to access to transit, healthy food and parks. But that's just one example how we've used the data um, and that I anticipate you'll see more of this in future conversations. Um, but this is really built as a tool to kind of share with you some of the back end information that we have as a, that we have publicly available. Right, thank so I you. Guess Yes. Yeah, you can ask us any questions about what uh, about this map, or Micah can show uh, the other dashboards that were on linked on the agenda. Yeah, this is Damon, uh, MMTC. I was just curious: are there is there a data set for? I know some of the newer bus stops include like a a bike parking zone, so like someone can lock up at the bus stop. Is that a data point? That's a perfect map. transition for the next piece that I wanted to talk about is that you can filter this data. Uh, just let me double check here. I think uh, yeah, there should be a field for bike rack, yes or no. So um, if you click on the filter, oops, that's the wrong thing. Click on the filter. Um, find your bike rack or even bike repair if you're interested. You can apply the filter uh, and uh, zoom me out. I did apply filter and zoom too. So uh, yeah, you can see there's some stops down here with that filter. So, gotcha. Cool. Uh, and you can do multiple as well. So, let's add another expression. You want to know ones that have bike repair and bike rack? You can apply that filter. And uh, didn't zoom to that, but I don't think we have any currently. That's just a possibility of something that could be at a stop. So, I think oh, that's why okay. it's in there, but there isn't any yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if you click on that filter again, you can then go ahead and remove it. So that is one feature that you have. If you don't like how these bus stops are visualized, you can go in here. Uh, oops, I didn't want to change the, the routes. Uh, there's a little tiny arrow here up here at the top that helps you go back. Um, but let me, you can change style. You click on these shapes here. And uh, there's, you could do a heat map of bus stops, but I don't know, I don't know how uh, scientific that is, but let's see here. <laughs> and then I clicked on symbols and you can change it, increase the size just uh, for your visual. 
just if it helps you out. Let's say okay here. I'll go ahead and cancel that. So um, you do have a little bit of control of some of these things. Um, I'm signed in, so maybe there might be a little bit more here than you might be seeing uh, as far as analysis. But uh, let me go ahead and sign out. So um, make sure that we're looking at the same thing. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, yeah. So it's a little different. Um, one other thing that I uh, want to mention is that you can change this base map. There are several varieties of base map you can do. Uh, this imagery and imagery hybrid currently has our 2020 aerials on them. Um, when we get our 2022 aerials, which were flown last weekend, I believe, um, I'll make sure to submit this to our mapping uh, company and make sure that, that 2022 is available on here as well. So um, these are pretty recent. So that is another option and the, the default is this topographic map which the city gis also submits building footprints and roads and properties too so it should have relatively up-to-date information uh, we do submit that every six months to to esri the mapping consultant Um, yeah, so, uh, I think I will move on. I'll ask for some more questions here, but I'll, I can move on to the dashboard. The dashboards are specific to the pedestrian and bike projects. Um, and there's an easier way to filter on those. If, um, it's just a little bit more interactive. So, but, uh, I can take questions before I move on. Charlie Bryan, MMTC. Mm -hmm. I just have a couple of questions around some of the data that I'd be curious if it's available. Um, data around enforcement, like speeding tickets in particular, maybe parking violations. I'm just not really sure, but I'm wondering if there's been any discussion about what type of enforcement data could be included in the map. And then similar, and I thought there might be data around speed, like when there's been any studies of, you know, volume of traffic and speeds. I don't know if that's available. And then I was trying to understand the traffic volume data, but I just not sure I understand how to interpret it. So yeah, traffic counts. Yeah, um, so the traffic counts is, um, it's a periodic update. I think we're doing that once a year uh, from either the city's counting traffic or uh, we have a consultant doing that. Um, I don't know when I've, 
I don't so, think we updated that this past winter. I don't think that got done. Uh, but um, yeah. Like when you click on one of those dots, can you help? Yeah, this is the uh, type time frame. You have um, the peak count versus. Um, yeah. Huh. There's this also some. Saying, that's, right? This. Yeah. Yeah, That's the peak is, hour. So, no, yeah. So, it so, says from five to six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, sometimes with traffic studies, we look at the at the peak hour uh, to determine what the level of service is for intersections. But if you're looking for uh, annual daily traffic counts, those are on there as well. KDOT gets counts every three years. Um, and I'm not sure on our traffic counts layer. Uh, Micah, if we have those differentiated or not. Can try a filter, um, Micah. I think they should be. Yeah, because I've seen them on a different layer before, but if you're looking um, on yep, ADT. Mm -hmm. So basically AADT is greater than one would filter for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and, and Commissioner Brynan on the enforcement uh, for tickets and warnings, I, I, I'll have to check on that. Um, I think we were keeping we were keeping some stats on on that, but I don't know if we had it pinpointed to locations or not. Um, same thing with the speed data. We do have a our our traffic concerns webpage is also linked to our GIS map, so people uh, this community can go in and. Um, and uh, make a comment and we we use that and it's got uh, geolocate locations that we can see where those are at, where hotspots are at for concerns that we get and, and filter whether it's uh, a speed um, or or another another concern. So that's we don't have that on the MMTC map, but we do have that information. Can that information be put on there or is that not available? Um, well, we'll have to look at the, we'll have to see if we can get it in there or not. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think it, it's when we are working on our neighborhood traffic management program, that's the information that's going to be information that's kind of important for uh, steering what we do with the work in that program. So um, we'll have to see how uh, complete that is and and how it may interact in here. Um, Micah, do you, do you know how that could be used on this map? Or is that completely separate? Oh, uh, that's um, currently an internal. The it's an internal data set. Yeah. yeah, we have people's names and phone numbers, contact info on that. Uh, so Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager, it can technically be done. We could import it in here. I think the understanding is that's a set of citizen input that we they've used for in like operations or enforcement decision making about activities. And I don't know that traditionally through the partnership 
that that type of Im- information about that co- that collection has been shared in this type of format. Everything in here is not citizen inputs, actual things that happened. So this that would be a very different data set. It would be like adding the data set about requested crossings from the pedestrian plan. It's public input. And I think you could very easily conflate the idea that something, it, one, it, one is data, the city, this is our data around what information we have. And the other one is citizen input. And I'm not, I think you'd want to be really clear about those or make sure that that's not creating some liability um, in order to share it. Because those are just the, that's not actual, it's not actual speeding. It's not the same as like actual information or data that way. Like if we went out and collected speeding, it's just citizen concerns. Yeah, Commissioner O'Brien. Uh, MMTC. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, I was thinking about it as like, where do we get citizen engagement? You know, is there any way to represent that um, around transportation issues? And, you know, are there certain neighborhoods that get more, that drive more uh, citizen input? Would that be interesting to see? Specifically for the neighborhood transportation kind of discussions. Yeah, and then that's a heat map as part of that programmatic stuff. You know, Charlie, I could see that being something we do. I think if you take a look at the pedestrian plan, there's a map in there about crossings of concern that might be of interest where we've shown that like as a point map, not where you can zoom in and see it on somebody's house where there may be Mm -hmm. individual concerns about somebody giving us a private data point that it's, you know, not intended to be shared in that way. Um, I think a heat map would be really helpful. Just even... Some of the other things like the traffic uh, volume dots are really kind of near impossible to kind of understand from the system's perspective. And if it could be somehow visualized so that you could see like, okay, this is where... So you can do that. So Micah, why don't you show them how you can change symbology to this, to a scale where you can set limits? Like filter first all of the counts that have an AADT, then out of those set, stratify them by color. Because I think that's what you're looking for, right, Charlie? Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, you know, the defaults on some of these, it it would be useful to, uh, you know, to help us. I mean, I think some of us are a little more familiar with GIS and um, it's great to have Micah here to kind of do this, but... I don't know what everyone's comfort is with trying to tweak this and understand what it means. And it almost needs to be a little more guided is what I'm thinking. Well, and Charlie, uh, maybe part of that is how people use it is, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, we've had this conversation the last time also, which is how do you want to use it? And I think people one, I don't know that, you know, right. You need to test it out and understand how the data works. Um, and dive into some of it to figure it out because we can't show you, we can try to show you a lot of nuances like where stuff is in the data sets, but until you dive into some of those and understand how many layers, it's a question of how many layers do you add to add confusion versus showing the data in a lot of different ways. Um, And that's the challenge. And like Micah said, in some of them, depending on how far out you're zoomed or far in your zoomed is level of detail and turning stuff on or off. Like what relationships are you interested in seeing? Um, yeah, I'm trying to just give some feedback. It may be useful yeah. to put together a group that can spend a little more time 
because I get it. I mean, right now it's just the dots and I can click a dot and I can then look at the elements of there, of that um, data point. But I, I'm not sure, like just as you kind of guide mm -hmm. Micah and say, make sure the ADT is this, like most people aren't going to know what to visualize out of all the elements that are available when you mm -hmm. click on a dot and what might be the best way to visualize it. Um, that yeah. probably needs more well, and so Just I guess the discussion about it, you know, for yeah, how the, people want to use it. Yeah. And I think, I guess that's the question I would have to you is, are, is the intention to look at a citywide map and see what streets have the highest volume? Or is the intention to get into a project level, like, for example, go look at, you know, like where we're going to do a future project. Let's, let's go look at Wakarusa, Micah. You know, you talked about that. You could see, you know, here's Not a future project. Where's, you know, there's one up north though. Okay. I'm just saying where something is and you could click say, oh, like, what's the count here? What does it look like? Oh, they did a PM peak. Whether that matters or if you're just looking for AADT, you could see where those are. And is it is the value of this data set really system wide? Because if it if it's that, then we have a separate thing out of the travel demand model that visualizes the segments mm -hmm. differently based on volume. It's a projection or a proxy if you're just looking for that. So it kind of depends how you want to use the data and that's the danger in uh that's the danger in putting together a really robust data set is that it's only as good as you can understand how it's useful i think it's a bit of both like i would okay. want to understand okay adt in that case was what 1200 or something but i don't have any way to understand that with the context of the rest of the community and it would be helpful to know Oh, this is one of the busiest intersections, maybe, you know, and then, okay, the busy intersection looks like this. When I click on that, I can look at it and say, all right, 1200 in an hour is busy. Um, I, I think you're, I would want to be able to zoom out and see that system kind of perspective, but also zoom right into it and understand what's happening in this neighborhood or intersection or okay. roadway. Yeah, and that just might be symbolizing the data in some different ways, whether it's this same data set or a different data set brought in. Because, Michael, what I'm thinking, like in regard to what Charlie just said, like thinking about the travel demand model flow lines where we're looking at lines, it's not exact volume, but if you're looking at like how does the system interrelate to each other, our model has placed those volumes on lines that then can be shown by thickness and color where that may be a more, but that's a completely different data set, right? So, but then again, it's also not actual data. It's proxies for how we've developed a model. So it really depends how you're trying to use the information to inform yourself based on what we give you. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I, yeah. And Mike I don't know is, that we have yeah. volumes at every intersection that Micah could make a map that's like, what's, how do we classify the top top 10 intersections? Or, I mean. Look, maybe yeah. we go back to the 19th Street project last year. And I remember thinking to myself, well, what other streets are kind of at this level that maybe are also the same width? Because that was a big part of our question is how wide should 19th Street be to accommodate the number of you know, the amount of traffic we expect it to have over time. And is, does it need to be 22 feet, 27 feet, 33 feet? 
So I guess that's where you could set a range, right? You could filter the AADT to set a range. You could go look at what 19th Street was. Then you could set a range to say, where are all the other ADTs? That's average you know, mm-hmm. annual daily traffic count, which is the typical measure. And you could say, where, what's it within this range? And then you would find all those dots and you could look at what streets those would be. So do you see how it depends what you're doing to maybe like that would be a way with this data that you could answer that question? And I assume there's a roadway network layer in here that tells them street width, Micah. If not, we have it. It's just. Oh, no, we don't. Yeah. That's a part of the new asset management system. Okay. Yeah, I think we, I mean, we have yeah. that in the street maintenance layer, which is not on this map. But this layer, what you just visualized, at least gets us to know, okay, if we're on a green path, well, that's- then let's look at similar... That's just classification is all I showed you. Yeah. Okay. So, which is a little bit different. That's just about what standard we're calling it to. But yeah. yeah. So, I but guess. You hear what I'm saying? Like, if you we're know, trying I to understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Basically, similar roads in other parts of town. So we can then, you know, just make a better decision about how, how a road should be reconstructed. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, and we might be able to in agenda items. I'm thinking back to Wakarusa, tell the story better with the maps and the need for the number of lanes based off of traffic volume and comparable to other streets. Um, sometimes when we're talking about the width of the street, a lot of that boils down to parking, whether you allow parking or not. So I don't know if that is a mm. If we have that, I think we have no parking signs uh, as a layer, but I don't know if we have. It's not as a linear file, probably. Yeah, not as a linear. So that, not to get into the weeds of the street width, but that too would be something if if we're comparing apples to apples, but all, all good things to be thinking about for sure. And if there are ways that we can present agenda items better with showing maps and layers that help, that's really what what we're here to do. So it's not on all the commissioners to learn the ins and outs of all the filters on this, but um, to help help tell us what would be better to tell the story. Well, it looks like you've made some changes since the last time I looked at this. Yeah, probably yeah. just data sets have been updated. Yeah, I added some and they're at the top now. And so I can go and organize this a little better. I, after I've signed out, uh, I realized you can't move the layers. <laughs> that was because I was signed in. But um, since we've made this accessible to everyone, we, we don't have sign-ins. Um, we'll be getting a updated crash data information here for too long. So I think we're going to... Uh, be working to get more up-to-date information uh, through a partnership with KDOT. So right now we've just have 2017 to 2019, but we're going to be able to get more live time information on crash history. And when we look at that, we usually look at the past three years. So if we're doing that today, 2017 to 2019 is pretty out of date, but we're going to be getting that updated this year. 
No. <clears throat> okay, Charlie, did we answer everything or? Sure, every question I've ever you? had. <laughs> I, so Charles, I had I just one other, just curiosity. Um, if we're signed in and if we have an account, are we then able to um, adjust the order of these or add our own data? Is that possible? Yeah, um, okay. that is possible with account. Okay. But he's talking about with his, like a work account, his own work account at a different agency or stuff. Did, no, I'm actually thinking are you talking about, about just, yeah, I have a personal account. Oh, okay. So just wasn't sure. Okay. What, oh, um, I'm, I'm not sure about that then. Yeah. So, all right, maybe we'll just try it. Charlie, I would say, I would add, I think part of this process is, like Dave said, for us all to learn. So if there's something as you get into, you have an item on the agenda, right? And you're thinking, oh, let me go look and see what's here. And it brings up a question for you. Um, that's where emailing a staff before the meeting, like we can follow up with each other. We can see what data sets are available. We can look at a metric to be able to provide that to you and all the other commissioners in an agenda report or in in as part of a presentation. So part of that just may also be valuable in that sense that sure. you are kind of seeing on the back end, a lot of the data sets we're using um, in the plant. When you go through some of the planning work we've done, you can see it, right? Because we're showing some maps, we're showing, showing some system level stuff. But if there's something you feel like is missing, we are always welcome to have that conversation. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, that's kind of what we've, I think, been trying to do is yeah. use it as best we can, ask questions about it, ask for changes. I am curious from other members of the commission how comfortable people feel using this. Who else is here today? <laughs> uh, Althea Schnocky, MMTC. I'm reasonably comfortable using this like because it's Excel basically when you really think about it. So it's Excel with a map and so just getting started on it looks really intimidating. But going into it, it's not anything unusual if you're used to using any kind of online map or spreadsheets. Yeah, Damon, MMTC, I've used JS a little bit before, but I was thankful to see, you know, some of the filtering tools that you're using, uh, that's going to be really helpful. Yeah. My good GIS, there's this table icon that you may have found, but there you go. Here's your Excel. <laughs> See what kind of options you have here. Um, not too much. Yeah. Because there's another way to filter down here. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's good feedback. Another thing I will mention is, you know, some of these have way too much information, <laughs> uh, or we could organize, like for instance, the traffic counts. Uh, the thing you need to see is at the very bottom. We can configure these to instead of showing the location the top, just have it say AADT equals whatever it is and get rid of some of these. Uh, usually some, some of these things are unnecessary, but 
Um, we have struggled with getting this data in here, importing different formats from different counters. So I'm not also, I'm also like, there's some things I noticed like this duration field that doesn't make any sense. So um, that might've just been a default when these things were imported. So um, I'll take a look at that. But, uh, is there um, other, or I guess I should move on to the dashboards now. Does that sound okay with everyone? All right. So that's the next two links in here. All right. So, um, yeah, this is the project list um, for the bike. Uh, bike gap, the prioritization policy, the non-motorized project prioritization policy, um, which I, that is, I think I mentioned it at the retreat as well, but that is something that we're going to look at updating this year. Um, but right now it gives you some heads up indicators of how much has been completed or completed by development um, and what's selected for the upcoming um, next five years which you can see we've got some estimated costs for the next five years based on work that, um, um, that's been done by Jake and uh, MSO. So um, we've got our breakdown uh, of this entire list. So we've got 14%, that's CIP. So if you click on that high, you will see the filter on the map uh, and just click outside of it again to turn that off. Uh, there is a tiny sliver here as well. So I'm going to click this expansion. We'll circle the top right and I wanna see what this uh, development, completed by development, and then you can minimize that. And it uh, looks like some of the path by this football stadium was completed when that street was realigned. So um, you can also I go ahead and filter more than one thing, CIP and selected together. You can click them both. Uh, and then if you just, you can, in the legend, there's also another function here. If I don't wanna see the unfunded, uh, you can just see what the breakdown is of what's uh, completed or selected. So, um, yeah, and then again, this is selectable. The pop-up, it looks a little bit different, but you can see the total score from the, the policy. And that is very similar to the pedestrian. So, um, and then the other thing is you can filter by the year. If there's... Oh, 2023, got some fun there. I think, uh, yeah. You can, nope, you can't select more than one at the moment, but I know that's something I can toggle on. So, uh, and then at the top right, 
I think you've got like an address search, the home button to get you back to this this Zoom, starting Zoom. You got your legend again. Uh, and then the base map as well. Oh, we got to sign in and change the base map. Sorry, can't do that. Um, layers, you can turn layers on and off. So right now the visible layer is bike projects by their status. Uh, you can turn that off. This is the layer that works with the filters. So um, I think if I turn on just the bike projects, which just is all one color, and then try to filter, you're not going to see that. But this is another way to look at it if you want to see it by overall score. Uh, and then take a peek at the legend there. You can see the higher points are darker. Um, and I recommend just really looking at these one at a time. You can look at them by individual uh, score, uh, category scores. So on an approved plan, I think all of these are going to be, or most of these are going to be thick because we kept this um, to uh, projects that are on the primary, secondary. That's what their list is currently. Here is an ADT score or view, and that was based off the model that Jessica was mentioning. Not, not real data, but um, there's not too much variation. It's either really busy or not. And yeah, just other scores that are on here. So. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's the bike. Is there any questions on this? Uh, Charlie Bryan, MMTC. Um, I'm not on my screen at home here. I'm not seeing any data for the estimated cost. That lower left box that we can see on your screen, Micah. No data is showing. Correct. I don't know if I'm the only one or if that's if anyone else is using it. Is anyone else having? I can I can see it. I don't know if I have any special privileges, but it's showing up on mine. Okay. I'm just using the links that were in the agenda. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Have you tried refreshing and then? I'm refreshing right now. <laughs> and then <laughs> other time, and sometimes it's like a browser update that makes weird things happen. If your browser needs an update, that's not always true. But Or try it on a different browser. Yeah, I, I am not signed in, and I clicked on the link in the agenda, and I, it shows up for me. Oh, shows up on a different browser. Okay, it works now. Okay, perfect. Thanks. So this is Damon, MMTC. Oh. One yep. question I have, uh, just because we have the, you know, you have future plan projects up to, looks like 2026. I was just curious, do we know uh, when our, you know, the priority bike network, you know, I know the other map had that in blue. 
do we even know yet or quantified, you know, when we expect that priority network to be completed? Yes, this is Dave Cronin's engineer. We, we don't know. We've estimated project costs for the projects in the five-year CIP. Um, and, you know, some of the um, pro future projects, it will depend on what facility uh, goes in. Um, so some of that is unknown, but um, we, yeah, we don't have a, a timeline that says, well, given current funding levels, we'll complete the network in X amount of years. We don't, we don't have that. I think we've been looking a little with the Lawrence Loop, maybe have some more detailed estimates for the incomplete segments, but outside of that, um, we haven't put numbers to the unfunded projects. And Jake, correct me if I'm wrong at all. I know that was one of the things that we've been pushing for. At least we we were we've been really we did some high level estimates early on when we were putting putting together project lists. And I think we've been focusing on updating a lot of the ones in the five year plan to make sure we're accurate. And that's takes a lot of work. So, um, but uh, we are not there yet as far as the whole network. Gotcha. Thanks. Uh, Charlie okay. Bryan, MMTC. I was just going to add in there. I don't remember the date for the the sales tax uh, funds to be, you know, that's a 10-year vote on bike ped funding. So I guess one thing in response to your comment or your question, Damon, is this funding is in large measure because the community voted on kind of setting aside funding from the sales tax dollars. And that sunsets every 10 years. So there's a lot of unfunded stuff. And if if there's no funding after that expires, then we're going to go back to where we were a few years ago in terms right. of gotcha. you know challenges to make progress on this. Yeah. All right. Um, Mike, uh, GIS. I will switch over to the PED. And really, uh, I'd, it's similar. Or it functions similarly. Um, and that's not a mistake that they're both four by four. I double checked that because that looked weird. <laughs> but uh, yes, that is where we are on the pedestrian projects. And similar, yeah, similar filtering capabilities. So. so uh, I think that's all I have for um, for these uh, tools, so hopefully they're helpful. And if you have suggestions for how to make them more helpful, I'm definitely open to that. Um, so yeah, welcome your feedback. Is there anything else, David or Jessica, that you'd like me to cover? Uh, this is Dave Kronz, the engineer. I don't have 
anything else. I guess we'll just see if there's any other questions. But um, Mike, I guess while you got this map pulled up, just to be clear, all of these projects funded or unfunded are sidewalk gaps on the arterial streets, collector streets or safe routes to school street networks. So that's, there are other gaps of this sidewalks on local streets that may not be on here. Yeah, just Orange, your transportation planning manager, Mike, I think this map also is the edits we've made or what we're proposing for pedestrian plan gaps too. I see a few projects that are added that are our access to park, access to transit, access to food gaps. Right. So that may have got Thanks edited on the authorized data set. Yeah. Okay, Micah, JS. So some of these shouldn't be on there. Well, they, it, they're just part of a plan that's out for public comment. So in a public process still. So this could change, I guess, is what I'm saying. We would anticipate to be able to consider those projects with our five-year plan this year. Okay. Well, are there any other questions for Micah? No. Great job. Keep it up. <laughs> Appreciate your efforts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yep. Thanks, Micah, uh, for attending. And we'll, uh, uh, we're planning on having the regular meeting start at 6.15. Um, I don't see Douglas yet. We, we, we are still one person short of a quorum. Um, he indicated he was going to be able to make the meeting. So I'll follow up um, one second here. I guess I got an email from him that he will not be able to attend just now. So um, we we require five for a quorum. And I believe we just have four tonight. Uh, Commissioner Brian Payton, Boltuska, and Schnacki. So um, without a quorum, we're going to have to uh, cancel the meeting. But I would I would I ask everyone to come back at 6.15, that's the time for the regular meeting. And if there's not five at 6.15, then we'll uh, adjourn the meeting. Um, Commissioner Collette was traveling and was uh, a maybe. Um, and we'll, we'll reconvene at 6.15 if that's all right, and then make the call at that time. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Dave. That is, uh, there's a, the, uh, a link to that web page on the, uh, by clicking on that, that agenda item. Um, number two, the Lawrence pedestrian plan update. Um, I don't know if Jessica's still on here. Um, yep, there she is. You want to give an yep. update on that? 
Sure, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. The Lawrence pedestrian plan update um, is out for public comment, and we will be bringing that back to MMTC for future consideration and recommendation um, after it goes back to the pedestrian plan steering committee, which currently Nick Kuzmiak is representing MMTC on, but Althea, prior to her appointment to MMTC, is also on the pedestrian plan steering committee. So you have a couple of representatives. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, Althea, but we think we've done a good job of engaging the community in the conversation around values and next steps and recommendations to improve walkability. So I'd encourage you to read that and we'll be looking, we'll be bringing that back to um, for your inner consideration of a recommendation of approval. All right. Thanks, Jessica, for that update. Um, Jake, you want to take the next two? Sure. Good evening, everybody. Um, Jake Baldwin, Engineering Program Manager uh, for MSO. The, the first update I've got is on our 2023 Transportation Alternatives Grant application. So KDOT announced a call for projects on March 1st, of, or pardon, pardon me, February 1st of this year. Um, the first step in that process is to submit a concept form or concept application. Um, helps KDOT to kind of weed through the, the projects that are applicable, applicable to the grant. Um, and those were turned in here uh, March 4th. Um, the, the next step would be to be awarded a full application and get that submitted. Um, I know KDOT's hoping to, to get those turned around and back to everybody fairly quickly. And uh, the project that the uh, concept that we submitted was for um, three separate pedestrian uh, projects there along Osdale, as you can see in the project map that is attached. Um, so it'll make a, a fairly good continuous route, um, highly prioritized projects from our pedestrian um, piece of the non-motorized projects prioritization policy project list. Um, and then the last note on that is, uh, should we uh, be awarded a grant? Again, that would be funded from our, our five-year plan um, for the uh, bike, ped, bike, sidewalk, bike ped sidewalk improvement uh, projects. Um, does anybody have uh, any questions on um, that staff update? Great. If not, I'll just move right on to the last one, and that is to provide an update on the, the call for projects for non-motorized projects. Uh, we issued that um, fairly closely uh, with the, the capital improvement plan um, request for projects. Um, it went out on March 1st, and we'll keep that online survey open through the end of March. Um, at the end of March, we'll close the survey, um, analyze all the projects that were submitted, and, and provide a, another report uh, to the commission. Um, about those results. That's all I've got. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Jake. Well, um, with that, we'll uh, uh, end the meeting tonight. Didn't call the meeting to order, I guess, without the quorum, but um, we will plan on meeting on um, Monday, April the 4th, and we'll bring the uh, draft work plan to that meeting. Um, on uh, next month. So have a good evening, everyone. Thanks. Thanks all. Bye.